welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. All right. Welcome back to uh, Bear Camp, the continuation we are officially back to civilization, right? Ish. Ish. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, at D- we're at Dusty's house in Prince George, but yeah. we're still a little bit off the grid. I mean, we have Wi-Fi, but it is dial-up. So hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up something else. Huh? They have something else other than that? Oh, uh, yeah. They have one now called Broadband. When I picked up Tony at the airport, we were coming through Prince George, and he looked out the window. He was like, "Oh man, they have a Costco here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's in town though. We're not in town. I know. I'm just saying. He was. I think also. I don't know if he knew exactly where he was going. No, what he was getting himself into. He had no he just idea. Booked his flights. I think he had more questions than answers on just about everything that occurred for him in the last four days, including what does a bear look like. He knew what a bear looked like. He just didn't know Google how to, how to chase it. a bear. Yeah. Well, hey. He <clears throat> does know. If, yeah, if there was some type of an uh, algorithm that factored in, like, time of view hunting versus type of stock you made versus quality of animal you shot, he would, I mean. He's at an unachievable ratio. Yeah, his yeah. ratio is he just schooled us. Yeah. He he's, is. He's just like, five what's for that? Six. Drawbacks on animals. Yeah, I'm dead last in the camp on this trip for sure. He is at the so far ahead of me in the oh, pole yeah. position. Yeah, he is. But there was such a today we were packing up. We podcasted this morning during a lot of people were packing up. You could hear like banging in the background and stuff. There was a totally different vibe this morning because I feel like a lot of people were bummed out that it was over. Yeah, that like I can feel that. Yeah. It's always hard because I really I I love my home time, but when you have a really good hunt and everything went perfectly to plan, you know that's at least for an outdoorsman that's the ultimate vacation. Yeah. You know that's like that was perfect. You know from a hunting cat point of view, it was awesome, and everyone's like, "Man, it's the last day," and. Now, tonight, we've all made it out officially. Like, we know even if there was a major problem in the morning, we could still make it to the airport. Hopefully. But as soon as we got, you know, we drove a long way across this lake. We got to the dock. We unloaded a full boat worth of gear. There were still two trucks on the other side, which we'd have to push this ferry across, grab a car, push it back across, get unload the car off this and I a ferry wouldn't barge it's a barge it's a barge uh and of course when you get to your feet on the ground there you're like as long as the car starts we're gonna actually be out of here without any major problems and then Nick looked at me and he's like do you think you could take the boat the small boat back to camp I forgot my car keys and my pants and I just looked <laughs> I looked at Annie. I'm like, do you want to come? Because 
<laughs> I thought this is a 50-50 chance that solo I'm going to be in BC for three more days because I'm thinking <laughs> he doesn't have enough gas to make it back to me if we break down. I knew there was a few little sketchy things with the small boat. And he was like, if the starter hangs up, just go four clicks and then it'll catch. So he's like, click, 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 click. Click, 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 click. All the and things you start. don't want to hear before beginning a journey. Oh, yeah. and by the way, it's got a little chatter between <clears throat> 15 miles an hour and yeah. 40. That's that's a full-blown <laughs> vibration. That's like, is, that's there a paint, is there a paint can on the end of our prop? Right <laughs> oh, is it radiating up through the steering wheel? Oh, yeah. Oh. I couldn't feel it because I was sitting in the seat. That's why I had oh, yeah. white knuckles on that thing the <laughs> yeah. whole time. It was wanting a hard pull left. I was zoned out. Man. I <laughs> oh, yeah. Attention. I remember that driving it the other night. Yeah, it, that's what it was like. But, no, we got back, and now on the way back in, we stopped at Costco, Tony. They've got one here. We thought we'd check it out, and we got a, a beef tenderloin. Tasty. It was good. Sometimes when you get back from camp, there's certain things you just crave. And I was having a hard time with, could I be just as satisfied Getting a little Caesar's pizza right now as <laughs> like having the hot, best hot and ready the from best, Papa John's. Yeah, the best inner loin BC has to offer. Like either one of those would have been equally satisfying. Yeah, I think we made the right choice though. We did, yeah, one hundred percent. We went with the tenderloin. It was unreal. Well, Trevor. Oh yeah, Trevor's here, and also Dusty Fillion. They were. The remaining crew from the camp, other than Dusty's dad, Bert, who I've talked about a lot of times, and who else? Anybody else, really? I mean, a few guides and stuff at camp, but overall, this was our crew. It was myself, Andy, our buddy Wesley. Tony got called in last mat minute because uh, one of our dudes – Pinch hitter. Yeah. He, 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 was a, he, he pinch was, hit like nobody's business. He pinch <laughs> hit in three hours being in Texas, like saying I have nothing going on next weekend to deciding to fly in three and a half days late on the hunt so that he could use his, <clears throat> weekend, his weekend off work to come down. And knowing and, what we know now, had only killed three animals with a bow. Yep. He stepped into the batter's box and stepped launched in. that thing out of the stadium. Yes. Double homers. Yeah. Stepped in and made two amazing stocks on awesome bears in less than 24 hours on a clock. He spent like four hours total hunting time. Yeah, total hunting time. And smoked a monster and a chocolate. Like, that's, that's what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the essential bear hunting yeah. slam. He, he got it work. Yeah. But uh, and then Trevor Thompson, who's been on before, and you guys know Trevor's. This hunt marks the one year of hunting. Oh for yeah, you, you know one it's a little more than one year, but one yeah. year of archery, one year of yeah, one year of archery. Well, bow hunting, I guess. Yeah, It'd be bow hunting more than anything. Yeah, you're a year and a few months in archery, but for bow hunting, what's well, it's a year. Yeah, and you came down here and bear to bear. Yeah, doubled down again, dude. Yep. Two bears last time, two bears this time. That was unreal. So what did you do different for for prep? Like what'd you learn? What'd you learn last year that you were expecting 
well, were your expectations di- like much different last year? And then you just felt like there were things that maybe you didn't know yet. Whereas this year, you knew exactly like your missing links. Or yeah, I think to a small degree because I hadn't ever shot anything with a bow, so I had no idea what that was going to be like to shoot something living with a bow like that. Yeah. So there was no expectation, just... That was your first field to fork, I mean, theoretically. Yeah, it really was. Well. Yeah. Because Dusty and Ashley... And I and ate Ashley, that whole bear. Yeah. Dusty and Ashley, uh, I remember the night you shot your bear, you were, like, really passionate about learning the what they were doing to take care of that bear, like, watching them cape, yeah. get in there. And I had and, told Dusty when I got to your house that day prior to the hunt, I was like, I really want to learn how to skin and cape and yeah. quarter and do all the process. Like I want to do the whole thing. Cause hunting isn't just, it's hunting. Yeah. It's not killing. Like, it's not yeah. just hitting the animal with an arrow. Well, we talked about this earlier too, from yeah. last year to us showing you to this year, you did it on yeah. your own with your guide. Yeah. You guys did it. Yeah. Ashley and I, I did half the bear. Yeah. yeah. Half the quarters, half, the, like I did one of the back straps. I did half the whole bear skinning it. That's awesome. Because yeah. you just found out right now you drew a Utah tag yep. for muleys. For muleys. So you're going to have to know that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's a group scenario like this. So this that'll be your first animal on my own. Yeah. that'll. It, I mean, if unless you go somewhere with the crew you're with. But, um, yeah, for the most part, you may need to yeah, but know expect- all that stuff. But expectation-wise – Mechanically, I had a a broader understanding of what was going on with the bow and what those animals were going to do. Because, I mean, we got to do the hog hunt a few months ago. Yep. I Which I think hogs are good practice for Great, bear. great practice. They're really similar. They are. They are really similar. And I, honestly, it's a smaller target, too. Yep. You know, and it, it's just as tough of a target. Like, if you hit it forward, it's not going to go down. Yeah. What a lot of people miss out on when they're trying different species what some people don't realize is even though hogs are similar to bears there's certain portions of them that aren't like you know necessarily a pig won't like lay on the ground and feed where these spring bears a lot of times you'll catch them laying on their belly and kind of just reaching their arms out gathering food to their face and just plowing it down and when they're doing that, they're in a really vulnerable position from a stalking point of view. Um, but bears stay in one place a, a, a lot longer, I think, than than hogs. Hogs just continually move. I was all blown over away the by the not only the path that the hogs would take, but the apparent random but yet precise nature of their movement. Yeah, there's it's hard to describe to actually. Credit for well, in hogs. They move in groups, and you can spook one, and it'll spook the whole group. Yeah. You know, if you're, like, stalking a bear, you just have to worry about the one animal. Yep. With hogs, if you spook one of them and it freaks out, you spook the whole crew. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of that stalk. And from that aspect, like, what you're doing with the muleys, that'll be an advantage for you to understand how, how to look at more eyeballs than just one. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if you would have only bear hunted and then went into a situation where, like, that muley's bedded with several other bucks or if it's later in the year where he's, you know, got a herd of does with him, 
You have to look at them just as much as you're looking at him. Like you're almost having to use your peripheral to to be looking at what every animal is looking at. Because if you move at the wrong time in that situation, it's over. Because even though you're only after one, if you've got 22 eyeballs out there looking at you, um, it doesn't really matter which one you bust. They're all gone. Same yeah. with antelope. Lanai was another good example of that too. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about frustration. <clears throat> A little front side focus. I'm going to move over here, get ready to draw back. I'm like, oh, awesome. I didn't see you over there, yeah. Dill. <laughs> yeah, that place is unreal because heads pop up like that freaking. Oh, man. Like that mallet. It's yeah, a whack-a-mole. The, yeah, <laughs> it's like the whack-a-mole. You'll start moving and see something pop its head up, and you'll be like, okay. You know, there's one over there, there's one over there, there's one over there, there's one over there, and all the heads are down, so you start to move, and all of a sudden, like, one pops up, like, three feet away, and you're like, what the? Which is a big deal. Like, I saw that I didn't get a chance to draw on a white tail last year in Texas, like, draw back, but I saw that with white tail. Like, when I would pick my bow up or touch something, one of them would move, and you're trying to watch, you know, the three or four that are out in front of you, as opposed to, like, with bear, yeah, where it's the one animal. I just have to watch what his ears and his face are doing. Yep. Because as, well, as, as long as he's tail. down, I'm good. With whitetail, I think their their visual is way more, you know, it's way more precise. Oh yeah, like it's it's crazy. You'll get busted twice as fast with a whitetail as what you will with a a bear. Oh yeah, you know, bear. A lot of times, <clears throat> bear will see movement, but it's also like they can see more of it before it makes them react to it. You know, and if there's a lot of movement to where seems like they think more about other bears coming around them than anything else. Yeah. Like, they'll turn and look at you, and then they'll, you know, if they see that movement, but they don't smell you and know you're a person or they haven't seen, like, your outline, they'll normally first react by kind of, like, walking over something and dragging something under its chest or stodding just a little bit just to kind of see if you instantly flee the scene. Yeah. You hear them blow every once in a while, too. Yep. Small. Oh one. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pop their teeth. Yeah. But I think all these hunts, they accent another animal, but there's also very, very small details of behavior or like feeding pattern or feeding speed or just kind of their natural tendencies for movement. There is a variation between like how a black bear moves and how a black bear tries to like identify, I don't know how to pinpoint something. seems like a hog they'll eat and then the, their heads will stop, but it'll still be down. But you can see their ears aren't moving and, and it's almost like they're scanning everything out. And then as soon as the head comes straight up after that, it'll freeze. And if it's froze, like ears get as busted and then they're just going to like groan and dart out. Whereas a bear, a lot of times like, They'll see you out of the corner of their eye, and if you watch them enough, you'll notice that they'll kind of, like, they'll look at you but keep their head moving in, like, more directions, but they're just really looking at you. And then they normally look back, and as soon as they look back, they're finding their escape route, and then normally they'll look one more time at you, and then just, boom, they're, like, 
pin in it. They do like the, a fake out. Yeah. Almost. Like they'll, and they do pin yeah, it. Put their head down like they're going to eat, and they'll look back really quick. <laughs> yeah. And and like drop it. It busts fifth. a lot of guys, though. Like yeah. that big one we seen that we went after the other night, when he popped out down the road, he'd caught our movement right away, and he just stopped, and then he kind of head down, and he'd back up, and he'd look back up, and he'd wing his head around real fast yeah. a bunch of times. And then, like you said, just kind of look down the road, and just he was gone. Well, Tony's did that. His second bear, on yeah. the, according to the video that I watched, when Tony's bear uh, came out and he went down there, something, I don't know if it was their wind or whatever, but something kind of spooked the bear, and he darted. And at that time, Tony was already crouched down in his little ninja position, and the bear darted, and when it stopped, most people would have instantly stood up on the road and like tried to cover more ground. But that bear stopped and looked back, and he was literally in the exact same position. And because of that, and he just stayed frozen, that bear ended up just going back to feeding, and he was able to just pick up right where he left off and got a super close shot and yep. just on the on the money. Yeah. It was impressive. What do you take away from this, Big Chief? <clears throat> from this trip? Uh, sinus pressure. Yeah, dealing with the cold right now. Uh, <clears throat> just the value of where we were. I think more than anything. Like I was, we obviously just recorded an episode of my podcast as well, and just talking about the experiences versus things, and just the value of being able to detach and be out there and focus on something like that, as opposed to all the other daily bullshit. Yeah, on the last podcast, we had Wes and Tony, and both of those guys are, I, I think they're they're super experienced in other ways that are just as relative, but this was m a much different kind of hunting situation than, you know, what Wes was used, used to and stuff. But when they came out here and really had, I think once you take that boat ride, like you, you know, I think once you leave the airport and you realize, oh, we're kind of far away. And then you realize, <laughs> okay, we're, at first I kind really of, I away. thought maybe I could remember this if I had to. However, now I'm at the point where if I haven't been mapping this, there's no way I know where I'm at, where I'm at right, right Little now. breadcrumbs, Andy. Yep. <coughs> I came prepared. You did. You, you dropped yourself breadcrumbs with the GPS so you could get back. Yep. But I think once once that happens and then once you take that boat right across right away and, you know, the truck wipes out it's unloading off the thing ride. and slices a tire and, you know, now you've got like your uh, – that was the second flat tire of the day. Yep. Um, it's getting dark. Everyone's gears on the truck. You know, it's like a one-hour <sighs> drive back in there with that truck and then someone else has to take the boat. And it's like, okay, yeah, this isn't this this is actually a detached hunt. And I think once you experience that, especially if you experience it with good friends, it's just it's really hard to forget memories like that. It's awesome. Well and the attitude across the board was great about the whole thing. Oh yeah. You know, everybody nobody was there bitching or complaining and everybody was there just laughing along with the situation because we all volunteered for it. Everybody wanted to be there and everybody just was enjoying that. That's what was going like. 
it was one of those so many people are willing to let life happen to them as opposed to just be there when it's happening. Yeah. And we were there when it was happening and just watching and all right, what's next? Yeah. As opposed to, oh shit, this is happening to me right now. Now what? God damn it. Yeah, but when you're out there you you don't really have the choice to No, you don't, but <laughs> yeah. but people do that. Yeah. Like, you know, we joked about like Dudley, you joked about oh, this would be great immersion therapy for somebody that had some sort of control issue. Or oh, they would yeah. or they would walk off a cliff. <laughs> they would go they would not be able to take <laughs> you'd, the you'd, therapy. Yeah. You'd go bananas. Like you just you couldn't handle it. If but, there was a psychologist out there trying to, you know, fix people by just overloading submersion to their fear of lack of control. Yeah. Lack of control and not being able to have like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, because things happen so fast there. You know, one minute we're boating across the next minute, the tires blown out the next minute, the spear was already used. The gears already in the truck. It's like half sideways on the beach. Literally, if that tire would have went a foot and a half further forward, we'd have had a Dodge Ram three-quarter ton just face first in the water. Easily face first in there. Nice new dock. Huh? A nice new dock. Yeah, we had had a nice new dock. But, you know, we just rolled with the punches. All you can do is laugh at it when you're out there. You have to. But but it's a big deal about how you put together a group like that and – who comes along and how they feel about that sort of thing. Not not even thinking about that person already volunteered to go hunt a predator, right? Yep. You know, there's a lot on the front end of that whole thing that leads into that sort of scenario that makes the whole experience that much more enriching and, and more interesting to see. What one thing did you not have for this hunt, if you could pick? Was there one thing that you wish you would have packed that you didn't? More practice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like, you know, just coming from... You got a lot of stocks from what Ashley told me. I got a shit ton of stocks. And he, you know, he did something that... It was cool that he did. Not all outfitters would do this, but he said, if we see a bear, you should stock it. Yeah. Even even if you feel like... you might not want to shoot it you should stalk it and i did and even a couple smaller bears and he's like look we and i did i stalked a couple smaller bears one of them was a chocolate bear that was small yeah but i'm like all right well i'll stalk it and because it's smaller i'll try and get really close like i'll try and get within 20 15 of it and i'm glad i did because i think i got to do 15 plus stalks over the week yeah when I used to you know? full-time guide, I'd make all my bow hunters do it. Yeah. Just and get I'm, them comfortable with it, get them in close, see yeah. how they react. You know what you did wrong most exactly. of the times when it happens, and it's it's super good practice. And Yeah, and I got to almost draw back a couple times, and a couple times it was just wind, and a couple times it was sound, and I'm really glad I got to do it. It's fun to do, too. It's super fun to do, and look, the more you do it, just like with practicing shooting your bow, it's repetition, yeah. <laughs> you know? Repetition, 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 and different species react differently. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And if you and the thing with animals is, as opposed to going out and shooting at a target or on a range, 
I can do that whenever I'm home. I can do that whenever I'm at somebody's place that I can get a block target. Yep. But sure as shit, I cannot just go out and stalk a fucking black bear. I can't. But while I'm here, that's a bear. I can go get that damn bear. And you know what? I'm never going to know again how that bear is going to react. And smaller bears react big, different than bigger bears. And huge bears react different than medium <laughs> bears. No, they, they all do something a little different. And, and it's good to see it, and it's good to be part of that action. And maybe it's on a road. Maybe it's in a field. Maybe it's in a cut. Maybe it's in a burn. All those are a little different. And it's, it's, it's an experience that you can't just go out and do for yourself. You have to be on the thing to do it. Yeah, you can you can teach all the <clears throat> the key points to being successful with spot and stock bear hunting, like you know, always keeping back cover, you know, moving ha- when their heads down. Yeah, if their heads down, or if they're walking straight away, just cover ground while you can be directly yep. behind them, which Keeps is the wind the on you that worked for West. Yeah, the wind is the most important, but also the trickiest here because you don't really want good weather as much as from a camp point of view, you do want good weather. Uh, but man, it was almost too calm. Yeah, there was days. like, there was like two and yeah. a half days and when it was too good. And those bears knew you were there. Yeah. It got, it got too settled in the evening, which is when our movement was the highest. And, you would feel that, well, this is what happened with Dusty and I. We had the wind perfect in our face. Then all of a sudden, you just don't feel it in your face. So you kind of check the wind and you realize it's just literally circling around you. And in those situations, you almost need to know from experience that if the bear is giving you an opportunity to move, you almost have to go all, all in and just... <clears throat> Try to get in there as fast as you can without being, you know, you can't be patient in those instances when the the wind's getting the swirls. If you're lucky enough to have it good for you at the time, you have to cover that that gap and get that shot off before it switches. And Dusty and I had a really good bear that second day, Mm -hmm. the one that came towards us and – Man, 30 more seconds of our wind being the way it needed to be, and that sucker would have been walking right beside us. Yeah, yeah, and a steady wind most of the day, and then just switches. But you get used to it up here. And that's why I always say just get in and get it done as fast as you can. Like We used to go down in like the bear hole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and you'd want to sit there and wait it out, but the longer you're there – that wind is eventually just going to switch and just circle and just spread through that whole thing. So if you can just get in and get after it, get it done and get out of there, that's your best chance. And I'm glad I had all the stocks I did because that last day when I ended up getting a bear, right before that, I blew a stock by drawing at 55 because that the last three days I had been just getting to about there and trying to get closer just a little closer to make sure that I had a solid shot like yeah I want to get within 60 want to make sure and then 60 and then they win me or something and I did exactly that I'm like all right well the wind's like way too calm let me get as 
close up as I can get. I got all the way up there, got to like 62. Yep. Waited for him to take a couple more steps, probably 55, 57. Drew, but it was so calm that he heard me, didn't see me, knew something was up and walked off. Yeah. But I'm glad that I had the stocks before because I got up there fast enough where he might have winded me at 80 or 90 Yeah, if I didn't get up there. Someone in camp asked me if I like really believed, I don't know who, if it was Tony or if it was Wes, but someone asked if I really believed in hex for bear hunts. And I was like, it's probably Wes. Cause he asked me about it too. Cause I'm like, I said, yeah, a hundred percent dude, this more than anything. I feel like if there's something that's super in tune with like six cents stuff, it's going to be bears or grizz or because they, they just instantly pick up on vibes or I've seen them pick up on people's vibes when all the cards are kind of in your favor, but for some reason they just sense something's happening and then they just turn around just looking right at this person and have zero acceptance to it. But I feel like it, I don't know, I feel like I've been probably less, I don't know if less detected would be the right word, but I feel like I've had some ridiculous encounters that, it would be foolish to say. Remember that? Um, remember up at, I think it was our last year at camp. You remember when we were going into camp the very first night, that black bear that we saw on the corner right before camp, and I got out? Yeah. I mean, dude, that bear was, it 100% could hear me walking down the road. It would turn and look. And I'm inside of 30 yards, and it would turn and just look right through me. And it would just be looking around, looking around, and then it would start feeding again, and I would start to move. And I just kept going and going, and then it would turn and look at me. And it could hear a person walking, but when it looked at me, it was just looking right past me. And, I mean, I got so close to that. I don't I think I sent them that footage. I don't know if they used it, but it was it was a time for me where I where I thought there's no way I'm not gonna be able to give credit to my hex for this. I had that happen on that big one that I was just describing. Because you wore like, yours. Like oh yeah, I, w- I was wearing mine and man, I wish the tape was better. It just isn't because of his angle that he was filming me from, but I guarantee that big boar a couple times, stopped, looked straight at me, and kind of turned his head side to side, looked at, like, right where I would be, went right back to feeding. Yeah, I've had it too. Like, that thing is looking directly at my face. There's no way he can't see me. And then he goes back to eating. And I, Wes asked me, like, oh, yeah, you know, you think that that's, that'll work? And, look, here's the thing is, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it's a shirt. It doesn't hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm not wearing like a pair of unicorn wings. Yeah. You know, I'm not out there like prancing around in glitter. That would also be sweet though. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get these? <laughs> and a notch, I mean, I could, and a notch I'm, libre I'm mask. Not, I'm not in California anymore, so no, I can't. <laughs> Dusty, what do you see clients do when they come in on their hunts that really end up costing them like 
the difference between tagging out and not? What do you what do you think are the few most common? <clears throat> it depends on the person, but a, honestly, a big one I see a lot, like as a guide, is people arguing with the guide. Yeah, like we're not there to <laughs> steer you in the wrong direction. I want you to get that animal just as bad Bullshit. as you do. Yeah, yeah, but you get the arguments, and well, I don't think we should do that. I think we should do it this way. Well, honestly, your guide's seen this way more than you're ever going to see. Yeah, it. And like. Just listen to him. Like, there's no. <laughs> he's the guy out there that sees this stuff every day. So that one was always tough for me. You'd get people doing that. And sometimes the guides, <clears throat> people need to know. And I know just because I was fortunate to get to the point where you know Bert liked me enough, and you guys liked me enough to where I started seeing in the guides' cabin when I would go to camp. And uh, if guides are struggling finding their client spots, they're normally asking the ringleader, like, you know, hey, man, we've been in there two or three days. We're not seeing anything. And most of the times, that ringleader, like in that case, it would have been your dad, would be saying, you know, he'd say, have you tried going to this spot? This was always kind of a, you know, sweet honey hole. Or they always, they always make adjustments to where everybody's having equal yeah, equal fare. It's you know? a group effort. Like, yeah, so you have to trust your guide. There, I don't even know how many times I've gone places where I thought this is not going to work, but I, I kind of got to the point now where I feel like I'd rather just eat that tag, like doing what they're saying, rather than you know, yeah, try to make my own idea. I make my own ideas at my own places. When I go somewhere else, is I I try to try to at least have them listen to my opinion if I'm not being successful. But I also um, I know that some of these people are going to know their places just ten times better than me. Yeah. It's just like if they came to some of the farms that I hunt, I could say, yeah, you could see a big buck everywhere, but. Seven out of ten times, you'll see them right here at this spot, you know, and it might not be hot all the time, but during the right time, this is where I would put myself. And to some people, they look at it and they're like, well, that doesn't seem logical. I'm not going to trust it. You have to trust. I think you talked about that on a whitetail hunt on the East Coast. Yeah, I totally trusted it and then just realized that I was right, but still just but it's, but it's better to trust it and lose yeah. out once out of a hundred. Yeah. You know, I can't. Because that guy lives there and you have to trust. Because if you start going off your own opinions, yeah, you're just going to keep taking that ego and that opinion into that situation. Yeah. There's certainly places where, well, Wes is another example. Because when um, Nick and Wes spotted that bear, I mean, that's that's like spotting it up on the mountain. It would be equivalent if you're if you're listening and you're in salt lake it'd be like you know kind of driving down the main bypass like you're going to the ski hills and just spotting this little black speck like a big cottonwood or whatever yeah Yeah. and then making that whole stalk and you're getting up there and every time you go over little you go over little swells you're kind of in a whole new visual to where everything's changing and Wes went on this hike for about an hour and he 
He's like, when we came over the edge, he goes, we could have been anywhere. He's like, I was just climbing up through these huge draws and no one was like navigating us and everything. And then all of a sudden we just walk over and we're like right there, you know, right within range of that bear already. And he's like, I have no idea how he got there, but all he was doing is just following his guide. And his guide's like been up and down that mountain a few times to where he probably has just a few waypoints that he can recognize and just navigate some of that stuff. I know for you and I, when we went on uh, our very first stalk on that mountain, like I probably wouldn't take that route. If I had a bear in that same spot, I'd be like, the further down in the canyon we get, the crunchier it is right now. Yeah. We need to, even though we're closer to the bear, we need to stay on the higher part of the ridge where there's more green on it just for the noise factor. And if you're a hunter that, just says, no, there's a lot more cover in here. We need to go here. The guide would be right and saying, well, no, we've been getting hurt every time we go through there because this whatever plant is dried out and it's way yeah. too loud, which we learned the hard way. So, all right, trust the guide. Then what? Hmm. Well, you have to get back to me in a sec here. <laughs> <laughs> I just gears are turning. Yeah. They got a lot of a lot of things to think about. <laughs> I haven't guided in three years. Like all my hunting has been What are you talking about? You. Guided last year. Yeah. But me and John. <laughs> and everything yeah. we do, we talk about before we go. Yeah. Well and you know each other He's well enough. Spent as much time in this country as I have. So yeah. Me and him negotiate and talk about all these things before we go and then we make our plan and Yeah, um, we do well at that. And I think it's why we're so successful. Both of us, <clears throat> we both kind of say, what do you think you should do? Many times our decisions are both, like, different. And then once I say, well, I was saying there, and he says I was saying there, I think equal amount of times we both realize, okay, yeah, that's a better option. I think, yeah. you know, that's important to do. And <laughs> You I, pulled me back on that uh, that bear that we seen up in that big bowl where the pond was beneath them. Yeah. Because I, I was picking my route, and I was, like, going, and all of a sudden I just feel like, you know, he's pulling on me, and he just kind of pointed around, and he's like, go down go down in the timber here. And I kind of looked, and I backed up, and I thought, I don't know if that's my, my route. And you just kind of said this way, and I thought, okay, he sees something I don't. And then when I backtracked in, the pine needles were – soaked you could see where they're saturated so i could tell that's where he was wanting me to take rather than than take the you know you're risking stepping on a snappy branch but it was much softer through there and it ended up needles down (coughs) really quiet to walk on you can see those there yeah we man it worked perfect so in that case you know you totally corrected me and we went the right way but yeah i think communication's really important especially if you're trying to either stay on a guide or the guide is maybe tailing you is no 100 percent. because i did that with ashley too because we would spot a bear and every stock i'd turn to him i'm like what do you think you know like i already had a plan in my head like oh i think i'm gonna go this way Mm -hmm. you know and if it didn't correspond i'd ask why yeah why why over there you know, and he'd say, oh, the wind's doing this, or, 
you know, maybe it's quieter to walk down here. Or, you know, the bear's not going to see if you go over there if it didn't correspond. But that's a huge thing because if I didn't ask, I just wander off like an idiot. Yeah. Bert well. took a different tact. <laughs> we drove by that bear. He's like, what do you think? <laughs> I said, looks good. He's like, I'm going to pull over. Go kill it. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay. Watch this. Kicked my shoes off. Yeah, that's, Went, a, got huge, it done. that's a huge one. The felt feet or socks. Feet those work great. Or socks work awesome, but socks have their limitations. Yeah. They could Which is, get yeah. off the road and into the prickles. Yeah. yeah. Those sneaky feet yep. were a game changer for that prickle yeah. stuff. There's a downside to them that they're so wide because you're even though they're quieter, they make them to fit like everybody. So it's still even an inch like the overall surface area is like Yeah, they're like much your, they're like your feet, but they're way bigger than mine. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like putting the bottom of my shoe over your shoe. But I use socks forever. I mean, that's what Dusty's dad used to call me barefoot and Dudley. And I've got a video. I actually got him to take his boots off one time. <laughs> nice. If you can believe it. Yeah. I can actually. And we Yeah, but it, well, it works. Like that shit works. As yeah. soon as I kicked my shoes off and I like I said, my situation was optimal because as I was moving towards the barrier down the road, it the terrain fell away. So if I hugged the right hand side I could crouch down and move as fast as I wanted to because he could not see it. It was perfect dead space. So I just Little ninja knocked crouch. an arrow, got the knock to it on. I was like, <laughs> went down the road, peeked my head up, <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> got behind a tree, and yeah, that was it. Those are perfect. I remember several stalks that well, Dusty and I have done where they're just like that. You spot this bear kind of feeding on the side of this logging road, and then you just... I mean, there's been times where we've just closed the gap in less than a minute. You know, you go from 100, 150 yards out to that bear's like, you know, sometimes when they're feeding on the edges of those those roads and stuff, they're on kind of those little mounds where they're south facing so yep. that the green's darker. But have you ever noticed that a lot of times where they plant, where the logging companies plant those clovers and stuff, it's always like by the culverts. Yep. So there's normally water trickling out those culverts this time of year because of the runoff. And when if you can see like water coming out of a spout that's really close to that bear, killing their you noise. know that the noise is like I can go. And those are the small little things. You know, if you've done it once or twice, you realize there's times where you can mash the pedal and just get right in there. And then yep. there's sometimes when you can't do that. I think one of the mistakes I just consistently see every time I'm riding in a vehicle with another hunter is when hunters are, you know, I call it trolling, but it, you know, out here we're covering a lot of ground at like three or four miles an hour, just exploring all these random logging roads and just trying to remember your way back to the main road, really. <laughs> but you're just zigzagging up through all the different stuff the loggers did throughout the, the winter time. And I don't know. I feel like I don't know where he's going with that. Sitting there, mistakes you see oh. the hunters making their car. Oh, they're not ready. Yeah, that's a big. Yeah, one. I was oh, thinking about yeah. like I started thinking about like some of the stuff that you and I popped into, but we never got to see it all. And then I was like, I wonder what was back there. 
<laughs> but no, um, I, I did that during hog hog hunt. I've told people all the times, be ready, be ready. But people don't understand that <clears throat> even though you're just trolling and you're trolling around, like you have to be able to just step out and go. And sometimes if you're using a vehicle to locate animals, if you see one, sometimes stopping the vehicle and all that stuff is, you know, it's it's going to reduce your odds of having an opportunity rather than just continuing through. So I've just seen people that, you know, have a jacket on over the top of all their bino stuff or all their main stuff is in their backpack. So they have to get out of the driver's seat, go to the back of the thing, get their backpack out. And then it's yeah. like, no, well, you need to. I took a shot this week at a bear that skipped off a branch. And the only reason that I was able to take the shot was we saw the bear, spooked him. He went over a bank. And Ashley, and this was me just trusting the guide, he's like, hey, that's a big-ass bear. He's probably going to turn and posture and want to see what you are over the other side of that bank. And the only reason I was able to take that shot was because I'd been sitting there with nothing over all my stuff, the zipper on my release pouch open, mm-hmm. and my rangefinder ready, and my bow in my lap. And we stopped the car. I got out of the car without him stopped. Like, he wasn't even stopped in that tracker. I was out of that thing, over the bank, and took a shot. Yep. And it skipped off a branch, and I wouldn't even have had that opportunity. That no prayer way. probably would have buggered off oh, yeah. had I not had all that shit in my lap ready to go. Yeah. you got to be rolling around. You have to be Absolutely ready to go ready. right now. Like, when me and John are driving around, my shoes are usually off. Yeah. I just I yeah, drive I had, the truck like, with my shoes I had off, those sneakers so. on the whole time. Yeah. We went, like... How many miles were we covering today? I never looked at the odometer. I don't know. I know Probably. we turned. We were excited because we were in the. We were turning the three hundred thousand mark yeah. in this little. <laughs> yeah. In our nice. little buggy. Kilometers in or it. miles? Kilometers. Yeah, we were doesn't like, count. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it though, and we went like forty-seven kilometers past it before I realized I wasn't watching. I think the, Ashley. The I think mark. I think Ashley and I were doing like. 180 90. to 200 <laughs> count, like kilometers yeah, a day. Whatever you're doing, we'll divide it in half yeah. for me and Dusty. I go at, seriously, like First gear, five miles an I hour. Figured. First gear, like. He goes quick. Yeah, I seen that. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, oh, dude, I was up here and here and here and here today. You're like, how the hell? Like, that's like my week. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I plotted my week out, that would be it. You yep. did that. In a morning hunt. Yeah, we troll really slow, and I don't know. Maybe there's different flop. I, I've said that. I've like maybe if you're covering more ground, you'll see more bears. Scare more like too. when you see them, they're like, "Oh God!" Like get out of the way, type thing. <laughs> Pros and cons. Whereas both. we're just trickling. So if we still tagged <clears throat> out, if we even see something up, up around a corner that just by instinct um, we think kind of looks berry, so to speak. Um, berry. Berry. Um, quite a we good have film. time to just hop out and stalk up there and kind of peek our head into some of those corners versus going by them. Yeah. What's crazy is after um, Dusty and I went past this one point we had never been past before, we kind of were venturing into a whole new area. And remember when we came around that corner – yeah, and we saw that pocket. This is like noon, middle of the day, 
we've never ever been on this road at all. We come around the corner and there's kind of this old campsite or or quarry or something, and just the way the sun's hitting it and the green is and stuff. Both and him and I looked at each other. And we're like, there'll be a bear up in that corner, and we kept we kept on going. Went like two hours down the road, and then we came back, and then we hung a flag in the tree. So we knew well, a water bottle. Stop. Yeah, a water bottle. We put a tree. water bottle, and after we passed it, we hung a water bottle and said, okay, on the way back tonight, we need to stop at this water bottle and stalk down into that pocket. We stalked there, and there was a bear within 10 feet of where I pointed. Yeah. Wow. And it had never been there. Just It looked too good. Yeah, it looked too too good. Yeah. It was perfect. So you think hunters not being prepared is a That's biggie? a big one. Another one, too, is um, be up front with your guide about, like, your abilities. Mm. I've had a lot of guys come up and tell me how I can walk for days. Or, like, what your comfortable range is. Yeah, just tell me. It doesn't have to be an ego thing. I, I have to kind of base what I want to do for my week off of what you're able to do. Like If you can't walk all day, then we'll try something different. We'll hunt out of a boat or we'll We'll do a little more time in the truck or something. Or you may choose to go to an area where you're. It's easier for trolling, yeah. you know, instead of trolling areas where you know maybe the shot opportunity isn't as high. Like seeing the shot opportunity closer to the road, where some areas people may say, "I'm not really good at getting around, but I don't mind." getting out and kind of checking out some stuff and then you might say okay well i'm gonna head up this mountain range because yeah. i can park here we can only walk 300 yards and we're in a great little place you, i mean yeah you have to know what their abilities are otherwise you'll find out the disappointing way of yeah you know going where their ego told you to go and then well it's a it could be a whole day busted if i get halfway into somewhere and all of a sudden he taps out we got to go back out. Yeah. We never did hit the spot we wanted to get to. That's a day gone out of your week. Yeah. Or, or there's an opportunity and he's too exhausted to take the yeah. shot. Which I've had misses. before. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I concur. I'm not a guy, though. <laughs> I mean, everything you said makes sense. I can yeah. see all of those scenarios playing out in a failure very easily. Yeah. Dusty and I had a really cool stock where our whole group was on the boat. Um, we were kind of doing some fishing out in this massive lake and we spotted this bear way up on this mountain. So the group drove Dusty and I across. We jumped out on the beach and then started up this mountain. Probably took, I don't know, for sure over an hour, I would guess, to get up to it. Yeah, I'd say about an hour. Uh, got up to it, ended up getting a visual, made a final stock in, got to... I thought it was like 45 yards. I can't remember. 42? Yeah. it was. I think it was in the 40s. I can't remember. It was a pretty good angle down. It was a couple couple yard cut. Um, but I was able to make a shot. Bear just, I don't, even, I don't even know what that arrow hit, but it just went through like butter and the thing turned like left, right, laid on the ground, rolled over. Yeah. That was it, zero zero yard track, and then I could look down with my binoculars and barely see on the boat like the silhouettes of like hands like up in the air, like yeah, <laughs> yeah they got to watch everything. That's awesome. Yep, they watched everything, and then they watched us 
you know, Dusty and I, they, we were kind of in an opening, so they were kind of seeing us up there going through the skinning process, and they were talking to us about bears that were, like, popping out in canyons around us. Then they saw a grizz. They were, like, telling us, like, don't take this route down the beach. Um, and then we ended up packing that whole thing down and popped out on the beach right to everybody. That was super cool. Which brings me to another point is proper equipment because I did not have a pack board and then just kept carrying four quarters down on a stick over my shoulders. And that's not the best way to traverse a mountain. Well, I know my hunting gear is going to smell like a bear for the next <laughs> like two, two extended months. period of time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I was like wearing a bear. Yeah, I was wearing that hide like Anthony Hopkins, and <laughs> it's a good look on you, though. Is it? Which one is it? The Legends River of the Fall. The the Legends of the Fall. River run through it is Robert Redford. <laughs> but was it Brad Pitt? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I get my Pitt movies messed up. Do you watch a lot of them? <laughs> I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> I do a little Troy Thursday. Hashtag <laughs> Troy Thursday. I do Tuesday. Tight butt on him in that one. <laughs> Yeah, Dusty likes it. It's pretty good. She's wearing that bear claw. Mr. and Mrs. Smith Sundays. Yep. <laughs> I like all those. They're all good. What else, What other ones? Thelma and Louise Tuesdays. Oh. What? Throwing it way back. Way, way back. Fight Club Fridays. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you've got your pit week planned. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ocean's yep. 11 Friday. Yep. Yeah. Um. What's the other days we got for the hump day? We got the burn after reading. Burn it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you think it's a Schwinn. <laughs> yep. That's pretty much how it rolls. We just got to figure out Mondays. What's the one where he pulls his wife's head out of the box? Oh, seven. 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 Yep. Oh, gosh. That's a solid Monday. That's how oh, you start your week off. a disturbing movie. Seven Saturday? No, Monday. It's Monday. If you watch that at the beginning of your Monday, the rest of your week is going to be cake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. I've got to get... I've got to get back on a track. Sorry, everybody, for... uh, (laughs) Going sideways. The Brad Pitt stop there. Well, no, I mean... I'm not... I'm cool with the Brad Pitt stop. But, no, I've got to get back on track for everything with Knock On, the Knock On Nation... Um, obviously had several weeks here with Sharon getting her hip surgery. Uh, her recovery is going really, really good. And she's going to be, well, she's on two feet now, which is really awesome. Um, that was taking up a quite a bit of our, quite a bit of our CPU overall at the household, just trying to figure out where we're getting surgery and when we could plan it and making sure, uh, we had the right doctor and everything so that took up a lot and then we've had a couple cool hunts with the turkey belt and then now this hunt as well so i'm getting ready to get back start prepping for the tack uh doing some equipment reviews i've got my man caleb copeland coming in um, in several weeks to help me film some stuff for some product reviews and yeah, tax right around the corner. So I'm going to start working on giving you all some homework and a little school of knock 
tack edition for these eight weeks of prep. So Hell yeah. that's going to be it's going to be the road show. Super cool. Both you guys will be there as well. Yep. yep, you're part of my celebrity crew. So I don't know about that part, but okay. <laughs> what are you going to be doing at the Free Range American? The Looking like bald the, eagle, jumping do in. Awesome <laughs> We're gonna be jumping in. <laughs> do awesome shit, mobile. Yeah, I don't know. there's uh, we'll do podcasts. We'll do come meet and greet John Dudley. Meet and greet my buddies, and then we'll cook some food for people. We're yeah. also uh, Black Rifle is in the process of planning a pretty awesome party. Damn right for the Thursday night before. HQ in Salt Lake City. Yep. Uh, well, we don't know the official invite. Like, is it open? No, I'm saying that's where the things happen. Yeah, that's where it's going to happen. It's going to be really cool. We're going to have some fun games. I think uh, we've got a. I think we're going to throw tomahawks. I hope we're going to play that nail game. What do you mean, think? <laughs> Schlagenhammer? Why don't we just do it? <laughs> well, there's planning that has to go in. City code ordinance. There's permits. Fine, we'll do the nail game. Yep, nail game. That was good enough last time. <laughs> Left handed only. I think it has an official name. It's like Hammer Schlagen or something. Schlagen what? Hammer. Hammer Schlagen. Oh, okay. You played, played this? Oh, we played all the time. Damn it. That's our yeah. Christmas game. I would not. We got deep in the weeds with that. <laughs> I would not take any lumberjacks to that. No. To that. That would not be game. good. Yeah, I mean, that's good advice because Mark was beating the shit out of us. At that game. He's a country oh, boy. yeah. He's a country boy. He's used to pounding fence poles in, dude. That's just a smaller fence pole. That guy was like, and single. Yeah. Yeah. He nailed it. He was awesome. Yeah, he was right on. Do you guys do it, or anything, do it with anything different up here, Dusty? Like chainsaws or? <laughs> well, we could probably Bear paws? No, it was pretty much what I seen you guys doing. That's We played that, I think, this Christmas. Do you year. have the hammers like, with, like, where they're tapered down? I guess some places, like. Taper the hammer down to where it's just a point where that'd it's be, like the that'd size be so of the hard, nail. like a ball point. Andy would not do good with that. I would well, do excellent. The nail would just happen to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> End up whacking big old chunks out of there. Yep. Uh, but I'm going to get back on track with kind of the daily stuff with Knock On for all of you listening. And uh, yeah, I'll probably, I think once I get home and decompress, get give a little bit more of my side of the hunting camp too. I'm still trying to like process it all. Same nine bears and damn nine, I mean, nine bears out. in a week, all with a bow. Um, two new bear hunters. Yeah, wow, it was awesome, a lot of fun. But I'm gonna decompress, soak this all in, get some much needed sleep on my airplanes tomorrow, <laughs> and then start start building bows. Yep. Got a whole pile of them. So, all right, dudes. It was awesome. Camp. Damn right. Yeah, Dusty. Uh, oh, you didn't bring your air horn. You could have ended this podcast oh. with your <laughs> air megaphone. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Knock on, everybody. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com. <laughs>